Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Push Start Media Network, where you can't do anything in life. Unless you push start. There we go. You're learning. We're, we're five episodes in and you're learning. I'll forget by next week. That's fair. Guys, if you haven't, please leave us five stars on Apple iTunes. It really does. Five star, five star, five star, five star, five star. Legends title, five star. It really does help out the podcast. It helps recommend us to new people. And the bigger we get, you know, the more giveaways we'll be able to do. We just gave away a Matt and Jeff Hardy figure. Um, I think we'll do a giveaway once we get to 10 episodes. Okay. Maybe some sponsors too. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Uh, what was I going to say? I don't know. Good question. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do that all the time. I, I talk I, before I think. I thought I was the one on the road for five hours. That's true. Today we're going to be talking about Sting and how we would have booked him if he came to WWE in 2002. But notice there is a guest with us today. One of my friends that I met two, three, three years ago now. Most likely, yeah. Damn, it's been it's been a long time. It doesn't feel it that has long, been but a long time. But uh, one of the owners of Push Start Media Network, where you can find how we'd book it, Mister Push Start. Yeah, true. Caddy, how are you doing today? Yeah. Sam? What's up? What's up, fellas? Me, you know, Devil Trigger, aka the bad guy, aka you can't start life without. I don't know. Push and start, whatever the fuck. I'll be just like you, bro. I don't remember <laughs> shit neither. <laughs> and you're the owner, or one of the owners. Now, now is that C A D D Y? Is it C Caddy C A D D Y? It's C A D D I or C A D I. My bad. Because <laughs> right, I started to say Caddies is where I'm gonna be for my birthday tomorrow. It's almost like gimmick infringement. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm the low. bar, <laughs> the bar Caddies. No, ah. oh, fuck them. They stole their gimmick from me. <laughs> Free plug, free plug. <laughs> That's fair. No, I'm just playing. Just oh, kidding, just kidding. God. This is going to be a fun episode, guys. Episode five. We're already on episode five of How We'd Book It. We've done five time, five time, five time, five time, five time. Oh, five episodes. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, what, we've done, God damn, we did SummerSlam. We've done Buddy Murphy was the last one. Braun Strowman. Uh, Matt and Jeff Hardy. Yeah, Matt, Matt, well, mainly Jeff and AEW, but I think uh, we actually created a group on Facebook, uh, How We'd Book It fans. No, that was you. I'm not taking any kind of credit for that. Okay, I created a group <laughs> on Facebook. Jesus Christ. I mean, take credit where credit's due. I don't know, man. Thanks, man. Do the, do the, do the champa. I don't think I can reach that far. I mean, but, you um, just did it. Yeah, so never, we're actually never underestimate hold- yourself. <laughs> True, we're actually holding a poll on the group and to, to see what y'all want to hear in episode six. I think the four options are two hundred five live. Uh, how we would have booked that because that was a shit show. Uh, rebooking the blueprint. So wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Two hundred five live. That's just another name for dynamite, right? Because they're all about one eighty. Mm, no, I don't think Brian Cage is one eighty. He ain't going to be there much longer. Starks is about 180. Starks is maybe 170, bro. Let's be real. That's a small man. But um, so we have rebooking the blueprint, the Matt Morgan story. Um, around the world with the American Dragon. Rebook our booking Daniel Bryan. And then Brian Danielson. Yeah. Fade to AEW. Uh, the booking of Malachi Black. And so far, that one's in the lead. Uh, well, it's it's hot news. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if Daniel Bryan popped up and you know, signed back with WWE or signed with AEW or, you know, announced he was going to be in New Japan for like a five, six match deal. You know, it, it's it's whatever's hot right now. So that's true. So y'all might be hearing episode uh, episode six about Malachi Black or whatever y'all want to hear. Go to the Facebook group, uh, How We'd Book It fans, uh, a pro wrestling group. It's it's a lot of fun in there. We I've, I've been posting. So, yes, you have. 
trying to keep trying to interact with the fans and uh but we we love you we love you all we do so today like i said we're going to be talking about sting more specifically how we would have booked him in 2002 if he had came to the what was it wwf at that point it was wwe was it wwe Okay. Yeah, they yeah. they did the whole get the f out thing before WCW ever closed. Ooh, okay. See, I thought it was WWF, but it's WWE. So mm-hmm. let, let's let's talk about Sting real quick. Uh, Sting was a WCW legend, right? Sting the Surfer. Oh yeah, he did have that bleach blonde. Uh, face yeah, remember, uh, come on now, man. As? You gotta know that. No, I don't know what he started as. How about you, Caddy? You remember what he started as? I think he was a somebody's tag team partner. I mean, I know he was um, with the Ultimate Warrior, or the Dingo Warrior, as the the Blade Runners. Yeah, the Blade. Yeah, Runners. yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it was. I but see before the before the Blade Runners, when they when they discovered Jim Helwig and Steve Borden, aka yeah. the Ultimate Warrior and Sting in a gym, it was for these big muscle head fuckers that didn't know what they were doing, and they brought them all four into Memphis as Power Team USA. I didn't know that. So, I mean, I mean, that, they didn't. The other two didn't last long. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, they were there for a minute, and then the other two they got rid of, and they put the put the uh, put the Blade Runner gimmick on on uh, Rock and Sting as they were at the time. Yeah, and then the Dingo Warrior. I mean, something never changed. Ultimate Warrior never learned how to wrestle. Rest in peace. But oh God, I mean, never put on a good match. Well, I mean, he was a, he had he had the look. I mean, neither right. did Hogan, but to be fair, that was everybody. Hogan could tell a story. Actually, a lot of them, I don't think a lot of them could wrestle back in the day. It's just a bunch of, because it, it was the first time it was ever happening. You know what I mean? The well, it depends on what all. promotion you're you're in, because just about everybody, the NWA and some of the smaller territories had, those guys had been on the road working 300 days a year, so they knew their craft. Right. But the bigger guys, they didn't have to. When Vince, when Vince would, you know, global and was feeding – 350 person after 350 person to Hulk Hogan. King Kong Bundy. I mean, that's why they always, you know, back in the day, that's why they called the IC belt the, the working man's title. Because you had Shawn, people, Michaels, Shawn Michaels, Randy Bret Savage, Hart. Ricky Steamboat, people mm-hmm. like that that could go. So. Pat Patterson. You know, another, uh, yeah, so speaking of Bret Hart, that, that'd be another good episode. How how we should have, how WCW should have booked Bret Hart. See, that, that that's something I'd have to go back and look at because I don't know shit about what Bret Hart did in WCW. Nothing, it, it that's the point. Yeah, it wasn't Nothing. a goddamn thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. He, the only thing I ever saw with Bret Hart in WCW was when Goldberg speared him and he had that. Uh, wasn't he like a special plate. guest referee or something like no, that? He, well, yeah, no, was he? Yeah, he refereed the, um, he come out and. He was like the special for the NWO for, or for something like no for the Sting Hogan match at Starcade. Yeah, but no, I mean just to, you know not to get too far off topic, but you know, Brett could have appeared on that Nitro after the screw job, mm-hmm. and I don't care how pissed off he was. If I'd have been Bischoff, I'd have been look, put your big boy pants on. I want this raw emotion on my TV show. They waited right. like four weeks to put him on TV. You know, after the screw job, it's like, come on, man. They, the they buzz just, had died down. Yeah, they just they fucked it up from from the get go. But that's not what we're talking about today. We'll do that on another day. So, my first introduction to Sting was actually in TNA when he was with the main event Mafia. So, I wasn't really familiar with Sting in WCW. I know that was your bread and butter. That which that's what you watched every Monday Night Nitro. Really, you ain't know uh, the Crow Sting, dude. I didn't start watching wrestling till I was like twelve, and that was two thousand nine. Uh, wow. 
That's and you crazy. Went well, back you know and done any homework on it? I mean, I, I've seen. I, I went back and watched pay per views. I went back and watched some of the old Sting uh, Flair matches. I went back and watched his debut as the Crow. Uh, but I don't know everything about what Sting did in WCW. Sting was one of those guys. If he had the right dancing partner, could look really good. Right. Um. If if he didn't have a flair or a funk or you know hell even Muda, you know that that they they really they protected Sting because they knew you know Dusty did because Dusty wanted him to be that next big breakout star. And, you know Sting Sting will tell you to this day that Flair made him at that Clash of the Champions and carried him forty five minutes. You know, carried him. And as Flair did he, with a lot of people. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Flair made him look like a million bucks on national TV. It wasn't just a house show. It, yep. And, you know, Sting was one of those guys, you know, that's why I'm not sure how he would have done in WWE, WWF, because, you know, the Ultimate Warrior is a prime example. Sting was much better in the ring than the Ultimate Warrior, but he still wasn't mm-hmm. a technical, you know, technical guy. And and Vince didn't do do a good job of protecting those guys that needed it. No, I agree. Depends on the storyline. I mean, I think maybe Vince is like right now, Vince is more looking so for characters and uh, Sting probably had like, I mean, if you could compare the two, like Sting or The Undertaker, they had a lot of story based lines. right? But the only thing that's different between the two is that I believe that The Undertaker was more technically sound as a wrestler. He was a better wrestler at that, you know. Oh, so, yeah, he, he he was much better in the ring. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a fact. You know, but they had the enigmatic figure thing going on. So it's just like you're wondering like what is this guy going to do, you know, how is he going to appear? You know, the lights shut on and all that's a big thing in wrestling, you know, shut on, shut off the lights and shit like that. Um honestly, they could have did a lot of things because they protected a lot of bozos in WWE or F, you know. And they weren't the, like you said, the the ultimate warrior. He wasn't the best wrestler, but his energy and gimmick told the story. And I guess that's all you needed. You know, no, Triple I, H. The, the old Bobby Heenan line. The ultimate warrior was great when the music hit and the bell had to ring. I mean, the right. same thing with the Sandman. Let's be honest. Sandman entrance was fantastic. Inner Sandman by Metallica. One of the best entrances of all time. Then the bell rang and you're just like, unless he was in an extreme rules match, you're like, bro, I don't care. Now, oh yeah. Well, you know, going back to Sting, I mean, you know, your earliest memory is of him in TNA, and yes. that was like yeah. Joker Sting, right? Uh, no, no, not, that not was, at that first. Was, that was that? toward the, that was toward the end of his TNA run, like probably okay. like, like the last year and a half, maybe. All right, something like that. Yeah, I mean, it was you know him going crazy, but I mean, have you watched any WCW Sting at all? Yeah, like I said, I went back watched the Flair Sting match where uh, Clash of Champions. I watched I watched some clips on YouTube of Sting versus the NWO when he came back as the Crow Sting, but I mean I'm not like super familiar with like everything Sting did in WCW. Well, if you go back in the annals of history, the best storyline that WCW told during those Monday Night Wars was Sting. Yeah, pretty much until the Starcade match. That's what holding right. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, that's when he screwed him over, kind of. Well, actually, all the way. I don't know how much you've listened to that on that, but, you know, Sting hadn't been in the ring. They kept him out. They they hadn't planned on keeping him out of the ring that long, but it wound up being almost a year and a half that they kept him out of the ring. And there was so much anticipation for his return. And, you know, when they did the war games and every the NWO had done the NWO Sting, but, you know, I forgot, I forgot the guy's name that, that played the part, but, 
you know, I mean, from a from a distance, I mean, the guy was built well. You know, the, they did his face paint. You know, from a distance, you know, a lot of similarities. And then, you know, him and Luger being tight and whatever. Um, you know, the guy dressed up as Sting had come out and hit a few of them and this that and the other. And Sting kept saying it wasn't him and wasn't him. And it was supposed to be the Horseman versus the NWO. And Sting and Luger had come out and said, no, you know, we want to be with Rick and Arn. And Benoit told him, or McMichael one told him, you know, if you if you screw my boys, we're going to kill you, basically. And they went in there, and then um, the fourth member of the NWO came in, and it was the NWO Sting. And, you know, from a distance, you couldn't really, you know, if you're up in the rafters, it looks like Sting. Yeah. And... Then it was supposed to, it was time for the fourth member of WCW to come in. Sting's music hit yet again. And here comes Sting. And if you go back, it's not a bad match to watch because Sting, you know, that's, that's, this was the foundation for the Crow character that felt, you know, he felt like everybody had, you know, lost, you know, lost faith in him because he was WCW. Uh, Rick uh-huh. Flair was the NWA. I mean, let's just, I mean, Sting came in on the tail end of the NWA and yes, Flair was recognized, you know, with that brand. But as far as WCW goes, it was Sting. And Sting hit the ring, beat the shit out of everybody. Stinger splash on all four. But I don't know, it was Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, the, the NWO Sting, and somebody else. I forgot who it was. Um, and I was surprised because Luger winded up taking the fall. I figured it would be Flair Anderson um, that took the pen or the submission. But it was Luger. Um, that was the one, you know, I don't get surprised often, but... Um, you know, Sting came out, cleared house, basically flipped them all off. You believe me now? And he walked away. And so it became, it was a, again, a four on three situation. Um, the following night he showed up, he was in all black. Last time he spoke for a year and a half, come out there. And that's when he uttered the famous line is the only thing for sure about Sting is nothing's for sure. And but he, he had changed his face paint. It, it was the same style of face paint he was using. It was just all white. Yeah, right? it was, yeah, it was just all white. And, and he was just wearing like a, just a regular black trench coat. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and then it went from, you know, you sit there and you got to watch his transformation into the Crow character being up in the rafters and looking like he was about to cry and his hair starting to grow out. And, but, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've listened to several people talk about it, and so and they all pretty much have the same story. Um, you know that if you go back and watch the Starcade match, it was just it was so anticipated. Everybody says Hogan was ready to lay down for him clean because he thought that was what was best for the company. Yeah, but you know they said that you know Sting doing his character, he hadn't wrestled in a year and a half. He, you know, he basically had got to the point to where this is when he was going through his religion stint and everything. And and I'm not knocking that more power to you, whatever makes you happy, but you still have a job to do. Um, Sting was always known for, you know, his body. And they said they hadn't seen him without the jacket. They hadn't seen him without a shirt. And they showed up at Starcade and they're like, oh, and that's when uh, Bischoff said, Hogan looked at him and said, brother, we got to talk. So, you know, he hadn't looked, didn't look like he'd been in the gym, didn't look like he'd been in the tanning bed. He just looked, and, you know, and then they, they, they did the finish, and, you know, there's 400 stories of that. Of It was supposed to be a fast three count, and Hogan had, you know, 
story has it Hogan told Nick Patrick not to count the fast count, to count normal. Yeah. And sounds like something Hogan would do. Nick Patrick's story was uh, somebody, when he was telling that story, somebody said, well, you know, well, what did the boss tell you to do? He goes, I just told you what the boss told me to do. He goes, you ask him what Eric told me to do? <laughs> he said, Eric told me to count fast. The boss told me to count normal. I was listening to the boss. And, you know, and then they they did the thing. And because like I so said, I was watching the match and, was, and then Bret Hart come out, you know, talking about, no, this isn't happening again. And I'm like, what? It was a clean three count. And then, you know, Bret restarts the match. He does the stinger splash, puts him in the scorpion. Hogan taps out new champion. They go back and forth. They take the title away from Sting. Didn't, he hit him, didn't somebody hit him with a chair shot, though, before that? Um, not that I remember, but it's not saying it, was, it didn't happen. I w- it was something that, like, just took away from that moment. I don't know. Like, somebody had to come in there and do something. I'd have to go back and watch the whole match again. Yeah. I, I just know I was disappointed. In the, you know, for that big a, big a buildup and as good a story as they told. And then after that, I don't, you know... And, you know, they just, you know, he, he went for a year and a half and didn't talk. And all of a sudden he's screaming again and smiling and joking. And it was just a light down. Yeah. yeah I mean, it was just right. like, and then, and then they, they put the red paint on him and he's the NWO wolf pack sting. And then I didn't mind that one that much. So I liked like, the, the, the face yeah. paint looked cool. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the red and black looked cool. I, I liked it, but it just, the character to me was never the same. They, 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 they invested right. so much time in it. And, and, and I, I blame him some, I mean, you know, cause there's been more than I've heard more than one interview of people talking about that, that Hogan and Bischoff are hundred percent right about the, the shape he showed up in, you know, you're off for a year and a half. You should come back. I mean, your timing in the ring may be off. If you haven't gotten a gym with somebody in a wrestling ring, that's yeah. to be understood, but you should come back. You know, if you're only showing up for 30 minutes to, you know, whatever be shown in the rafters, you should be in the best shape of your life. Because they're they're still paying you, you know, six, seven figures a year to... Yeah, you should be hitting the gym at least six times a week. I mean, you know, six, seven figures a year to do nothing. You're not going on the road. They're only using that for, you know, Nitro and sometimes Thunder once that came along. But, you know, they, they... You know, I don't know what all he was going through in his personal life. I know him and his first wife after he had all his revelations split up and stuff like that. And, you know, I would have to do some research on that timeline. But, uh... You know, I honestly, in my opinion, and I'll let y'all go from here, when when WWE bought WCW, the last part of WCW, the last thing Sting did was in a feud with Vampiro. Oh, that sounds awful. They did uh they did some like graveyard matches, like he he set Sting on fire on top of wow. the uh, on top of the nitro sign, um, trying to get Vampiro over and the crowd just wasn't buying it. Um Fair enough. I mean, well, Vampiro was real big in Mexico. And they were trying, you know, kind of like with Conan. And Conan got over more in the States than Vampiro did. But they they were trying to take that magic that whatever Vampiro had done in, in you know, Mexico and bring it here. And it just never transpired. They thought it was the part of the whole new blood thing. Vampiro was part of the new blood and all that stuff. But, I mean, once that feud was over, Sting disappeared. And I forgot exactly the angle that because they were trying to get rid of all the all the older guys. Yeah, and that's when the uh, flares, the and that, and you know Flair Flair had been you know he had, he had come back to TV as the uh, authority figure, um, 
And then, you know, before WWE had bought it, the week before when Bischoff thought he was going to be the one taking over, he had made an announcement that all four, you know, being as it was going to be the series finale on TNT, that he was welcoming back any world champion that wanted to come. And, you know, we hadn't seen Sting in forever. I mean, I'd have to go back and look again and look at the timeline to see exactly how long he had been off TV. But it, it's the same concept. He showed up, and I was just like, really? Because he had cut his hair. Um, it, you know, he, he it was still brown, but he had cut his hair. I mean, it wasn't slick back. Him and Flair both wrestled in a T-shirt. Flair said he was embarrassed. He didn't want to do it. Um, they told him you know, they told him what they wanted to do when he got there because, you know, he hadn't been wrestling. He'd been the authority figure. Yeah. And, you know, he he said that he, you know, had a little pudge on him and hadn't been working out the way he, he you know, does when he wrestles full time. And they wanted Sting and Flair to, to send off Nitro because that's the way it started. And uh, the match was bad, um, you know, for a Sting-Flair match. Like I said, both of them hadn't been in the ring. And the the character they spent so long building, it was just, it wasn't, if you watch that last Nitro match and then some of the other stuff leading up to it, it, it just wasn't the same guy. And that being said, where we're going with this and how we would have booked him if he would have went to WWE, I think he did the best thing for his career possible. Because when he was in WCW, when they closed down, he was just the man called Sting. He went to TNA, helped get some of those guys over. He was in decent shape when he showed up the first time. And he became the icon Sting. Yeah. And if you go back to 2002, the way he looked, um, you know, that, that character that had sold so much merchandise that they had built up to face, you know, the biggest star in wrestling, it was a shell of it. And if I'm if if I go by that to bring Sting in to WWE when they bought it, I would have done one of two things. Uh, kind of like we talked about with Buddy Murphy. Look, man, we're not going to bring you in with the invasion angle because we can't put you over that way. We're not going to be stupid like WCW was to have a whole locker room back down from two guys with a baseball bat like they did Hall and Nash because it made their whole locker room look weak. Yeah, they might have got a couple shots in on a few guys with, with baseball bats, but when you got twenty guys out there to, to two, you know those baseball bats are gonna get dropped real fast. Yeah, no, you get you get a few good licks in, but but yeah, but what I'm going with is if you want to bring Sting in in 2002, you know, like Flair, Flair came back after being off that time. They didn't put him right in the ring. It was a great angle with Vince about you know him buying the shares from Stephanie and Shane. They they sent him into a good storyline. Yeah. I mean, we knew it was bullshit, but I mean, for TV, it was a good storyline. And you, if you if you would have brought Sting in, and I'm, I'm just, I love Sting, I always have, but if I would have brought him in the way he looked, coming off, you know, losing the Vampiro some, I mean, yeah, he went over some, they were back and forth. But then, uh, you know, that, that Sting and the Sting that wrestled Flair on the final Nitro, if I'd have brought him right in like they did Booker T and DDP, you know, uh-huh. looking that way, there's no there's no possible way that I can justify putting him over a Rock, an Austin, Undertaker, Cena, Angle, Jericho. You know, well, you, I, I think the way you probably introduce him is is how you get him to be put over. As far as you wouldn't 
I mean, of course, it's just like it's just like if you put him in somewhere where it's just like close to like maybe mid card main event, you know, like say for instance, okay, his whole entire thing was he's the crow, he's fighting the NWO, all right. He's coming in around 2002, built his anticipation up in 2002. Then in 2003, what group was out at the time? Evolution. Evolution was a tactical group. It was tyrannical. They was making their way across SmackDown and Raw. So around this time, you could be easily building him up to maybe him fighting against the power, getting over the rest of the group. You know what I'm saying? But not, you know how you got to take a couple of L's before you take a really good victory. Not necessarily gaining the championship, but at least, you know. No, I agree. Getting that, over that on with, a, yeah. uh, with Flair being part of Evolution, that would have been a good yeah. storyline. But what I, mm-hmm. what, what I was going back to was, is for me to even consider, you know, and Vince, as if, if I'm in Vince McMahon's position, before I consider bringing him in and giving him six figures a year, possibility of seven depending on pay-per-view payoffs merchandise the whole nine yards you know we're going to put pen to paper and in that contract when you show up i want sting i don't want this guy that wrestled rick flair on on nitro i don't want this guy that wrestled vampiro you know we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna build this up a little bit i mean hell they could have done with him what they did with taker when taker's hair was short you know we're going to give you shots to to grow your hair back out you know i want that guy you know, I want that character that was built up to face Hulk Hogan, right? To to be the one that debuts. I don't want this. Uh, you know, and you know, you keep you got to keep him off TV for a little while just to make fans miss it. Yeah, but, you can't have him jump uh, yeah. jump immediately. Over. But well, I mean, that's what I was going back to with the NWO storyline with Hall and Nash because uh-huh. you know if you brought him out there and you put him with Booker T, which is the only you know. Because DDP really never was part of the invasion angle. He got the stalker gimmick with Taker's wife. But, you know, you you can't put him next to Booker T and then all the, you know, uh, Sean Stasiak, uh, uh, Chuck Palumbo, some of them other guys, and expect them to do anything against Austin, Angle, Taker, Rock, all them guys. You would have have set him up to fail from the get-go. So they would have had to have held off on him and like I said, get him back in shape. I mean, like, do you want to, I mean, it would have been, a, you know, because Vince, from what I gather, is a pretty direct guy. Like, you want to work here or not? You know, you got you got the ability to make a lot of money. Right. Um, and, you know, no, I didn't make you, but, you know, people respect you. They like you. You know, I know I can sell a lot of merchandise with you, the masks, the shirts, the everything else. But, you know, you like to put in some work here. You yeah, know what I mean? get a better body. I mean, I, I need this guy back that, that you know, they built up and I can help build you further. And I mean, you know, no, I mean, as, as a W, if the, if the match would have ever happened, I don't care how much they would have built up sting unless it was, unless it was the American badass, <laughs> but no, I don't think nobody would want to see that one. But no. I mean, if you put, you know, the undertaker against sting in the WWF, I mean, taker should win every time. Yes. I mean, true. It's just, I mean, that, Like I said, it really depends on, like I said, you had from 2002, you had him take that year off. And if you're going to book him, book him in a storyline that canonically makes sense with his character. So you can literally build up his anticipation. You working with somebody that's mid card to main event, which is Triple H to to Batista to Randy Orton. You know what I mean? And then, like you said, you got somebody that's from 
WCW. Their ranges from wherever they were taken over was from 2005 to 2007. So like I said, from 2002, but it gave him more than enough time to work, build up his body. 2003, you could have been introducing promo cuts to, or matter of fact, not even in 2003. 2003, evolution is time to shine, you know? Maybe within 2004, have him do little cuts, have him do the little rafter things. Nostalgia makes everybody go over. And then just have him work. Have him work in that feud. You know, like I said, you're working with Ric Flair. You already work with Ric Flair. You know, you're working with Triple H now. You know, probably mid to main eventer. You know, Randy Orton, a new fresh and coming wrestler, you know, can put those guys over. They can put him over. Uh, Batista. You know, like I said, just an anti-authority figure. Now, How he now. wrestles is... Well, that's what he was. I mean, you know, when, yeah. people, when he finally figured out. But I will say that, you know, when they brought him in in 2016, I thought they did a good job of debuting him. Oh, at Survivor that's Series? That's facts. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, against the authority? Well, between, you know, that and the, and the video game and the build-up for the video game and, and the way they talked about him being put on the video game, I thought they did a phenomenal build-up. It was just, you know, again, he he... You know, now he's talked about it. I mean, he he's said several on several occasions that the injury was his own fault. It wasn't Seth's that he just didn't right, tuck right. his head like he was supposed to. Um, he's like, damn it, I knew better. I mean, I you know, I wish you know, being being it was Triple H, I wish they would only. And that was the stupidest fucking match I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, Correct. Well, I mean, you know, DX coming out to help Triple H. Okay, that's one thing. But then you got the NWO coming out. These are the three guys that caused him to go into the go into the despair and, and create this whole character. They're going to come out and help him. I'm just, I was, I was shaking my head the whole time. It made no sense. Right. No, not at all. I mean, it was just and a then, nostalgia moment. It's all they wanted. Yep. Right. And then I feel like DX would have probably helped him more than they would have helped out, you know, cause DX is anti-authoritarian. You know what I mean? Like they break the rules and stuff like that. It's, it's way too much to pull the trigger on certain things, you know? Uh, but you are exactly right when it comes to just, it depends on how much he wanted to work in that earlier period, if they wanted to pull the trigger. But uh, by the time it's 2016 and you got this whole WrestleMania event with Triple H and all this stuff is supposed to go on his first debut, he loses. Like, Yeah, I mean, I mean, they did, you know, the sledgehammer was what caused him to lose. I mean, okay. Yeah. But nah. in, his, in his first match being Triple H, if it had been The Undertaker, by far, put Taker over. I'm yeah. not by far put Taker over, but two things about that match that aggravated the shit out of me. First off, being in the stadium where they were mm -hmm. doing the whole light gimmick for him too, it was mm -hmm. on during the day. It was you know it was the the it was the sun was still out when Sting's match <laughs> came on, so the entrance was subpar uh, to opposed to what it could have been if if it had been nighttime. Yeah, um, right. And but like I said, if it had been you know him versus Taker like he wanted, by by all means put Taker over. But I mean, I like Triple H. I always have. I think he's a great in-ring tactician. But at the end of the day, Triple H has done put everybody over. So for God's sake, dude, put Sting over on his right. first match anyway. I'm not saying let Sting go out there and beat Seth for the world title. You know, right. that you're you're trying to build up new stars with Seth there, and you know, a, a win over Sting's a, a feather in your cap. I'm okay with that because you know Sting Sting had been out of the limelight TNA, yes, but out of the limelight for over ten years, and you know, so I'm okay with Seth going over on him you know, take the injury out of the match. But, you know, like I said, Triple H, you know, he he lay down for anybody. And if he thought, you know, it meant, meant something. So I, I'm telling you, if, if if I could have been a fly on the wall, I guarantee you that Vince was the one going, no, you're winning. I can see that. 
we're going to kill WCW yeah, with the final nail in the coffin. More personal than anything, because you know, like, Sting is probably, Sting or the NWO is like the heart and soul of the NWO. I mean, well, WCW, huh, same thing. And NWO and Sting is like the heart and soul. That's like the two things that you remember from The yin WCW. and the yang. Yeah, pretty much, you know, so it's just like, how am I going to put the nail in the coffin even more further? I'm going to just, well, Nosferatu, you're dead. You're done. Yeah. And even if I feel like Sting wanted to work harder in his uh, image and uh, wrestling gimmick, whatever it might have you, um, I don't know if Vince probably would have personally... Cause it's a lot like, think about it. Like over time, like Booker T was so over in WWE, even when he came there, you know, he, he actually deserved to win the championship over triple H. Well, he, yeah, know? well, I mean, Booker could work and he was in phenomenal shape. Right. Um, he had, you know, Booker has got a lot of charisma. I mean, Sting's always been charismatic, um, except when he wasn't talking, but even then he got that gimmick over. Right. But it's like, as bad as you hate Goldberg, for example, I, and I, I'm going to, I'll, and I'll, I'll use this as an example. Not a Goldberg fan. Uh, you know, over the, over the years, I've heard stuff that kind of made me go, okay, I can see that. But Yes, sir. Um, when they brought him in after his Turner contract expired and just playing devil's advocate, because, you know, he said that Rocky was the, the main reason he decided to go ahead and come because he said, you know, Rock called him and said, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll do the job. I don't mind. He's like, Really? He's like, yeah, just come on in. I'll do the job. But on the flip side of that, if Goldberg would it Gold Goldberg, you know, you I don't care when he showed up on TV, the man's always in phenomenal shape. Um he, oh, looks, like, yeah. he looks like a million bucks. Always has. Even in, you know, damn near 60 years old, looks like a million bucks. Yeah. Um, if he would have showed up looking like Sting showed up at, at Starcade ninety seven, or looking like Sting looked on the last nitro, they'd be like, Yeah, change your plans, everybody. This ain't happening. Yeah, I believe it because you know even just even thinking about it, like the match in in Starcade was so sluggish. You know what I'm saying? Just it looked like they was going through a heat wave in the middle of wrestling, in the middle of the desert. You know, mm-hmm. you just see the smog and everything in the air, and them just just struggling, just throwing headlocks. And it, even even the first finish to the second finish, because now I remember it's just like he did he he covered him up. And then he argued with the ref and then threw his tie. I don't know. It was just, everything was just so sluggish, you know, like just. It wasn't a typical Sting flare match. Like, it looked like it was, it was too tired to do everything, you know, just. I mean, like I said, Sting had all that time, you know, he could have been in the power plant working with some of the enhancement guys. He could have, you know, easily gotten, you know, flare or arn to go back there and work with him, you know, make sure his timing was on point. But, Mm. but it's like, it's, you know. I never was a big warrior fan. Didn't didn't care for him at all. You didn't and, like the ultimate warrior? But it pains me to tell you, and I I can't, I got I got some homework for you to do. So the next time we, we do this episode, before we go an episode before we go into it, I'm gonna ask your opinion. Watch two matches. Okay. Watch Hogan Warrior WrestleMania six. Okay. Watch Sting Hogan Wrestle uh Starcade ninety seven. Okay. And as much as it pains me to say, I'm gonna tell you right now, WrestleMania six was a better match. Damn. Damn. That was probably the best match of the Warriors' career. I could see it. And, you know, for as much flack as people give Hogan, I mean, you know, Hogan had to do most of the carrying, which he didn't have to do that all the time. But, you know, a lot of the guys they gave him, like, I mean, like when uh, the big boss man first showed up as Big Bubba Rogers, 
you know, he was never over, over, but the guy could work. Um, you know, some of the, you know, some of them other guys, you know, like Kamala, stupid as his gimmick was, if you go back and watch like nuances of his matches, big dude, you know, definitely a gimmick fit right in with the eighties, but for what he was, he could work. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, if you go back and watch that WrestleMania six match and it's their Hogan matches, so it ain't like it's going to take you a long time. No, it'll probably take five, 10 minutes. No, I, I think the, I think the WrestleMania match might've been 10, 12 minutes. And I, the the Starcade match might be fifteen. Um, Jeez, that's a long Hogan match. Well, you got to figure all the little bullshit that went on in the middle of it too. Um, but if you go back and just watch it, you know, now I get you know. I mean, I mean, you might have a different opinion. Um, but you know, they, like I said, they both was terrible. I mean, they 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 botched it. They botched the finish. No matter whose fault it was, you know. That's the one thing about WWE, because I guarantee you, if, if that would have happened in WWE, somebody would have been fired. Yeah, I can see it. Because the the buck stops at Vince. And if Vince tells you to do something, you're not going to go ask Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, or anybody else what they want you to do. Like Screwdriver, perfect example. He told Earl Hebner what to do. Earl didn't, Earl didn't go ask Brett, you know, you, you know should I do this? Yeah. He's the boss. And that 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 was where that was where WCW's downfall really came came down because again, like we talked about before, you know, and, and Bischoff said it perfectly. They weren't a wrestling company; they were a television company. You know, the NWA was a wrestling company, but once Turner bought it, it was all about the television production. That's all they cared about, and the ratings and everything else. But and with Turner Turner Sports, there were so many, you know, you know, too many chiefs, not enough Indians as the old phrase goes and you know and and Hogan you know Hogan had that big Turner contract he wasn't under a WCW contract he was under a, a Turner contract and you know so you know Nick Nick's Patrick's defense I mean hey you know this guy you know he might not be able to fire me per se but he can get me fired he can make my life miserable if he wants to yeah um he's Hulk Hogan and, you know, some people say he's a great guy. Other people say he's the biggest piece of shit you'll ever meet. It just, you know. Depends never, on who you talk to. Depends on who you talk to. I've never met him, so it's probably somewhere in the middle. Yep, that, um, that's, that's the truth. But in Hogan's defense, it's just like everybody else. Like when Steve Austin took his ball and went home, you know, people look out for their character. Look out for that money. Um, right. You know, so. But again, I but mean. It, but is your character worth protecting if you're just doing leg drops and well, Sting's character, was <laughs> worth, sounds, you know, Sting's character was worth protecting, but that's true. He didn't protect it. He, he, that that falls that's on him, true. right? Because yeah, he, he definitely was out of shape. He had, I definitely remember because he know, you know, the singlet he used to wear, where it just showed like his his like you know his pecs and his triceps and his you know biceps, but he wore like a whole like mankind vest, like shirt, t-shirt, cut, you know, just like only showing his arms and stuff like that. Yeah, no, and that was the same thing he wore against Flair on the last Nitro. So, right, you know, I mean, uh, you know, it's like I told you with Hogan, you know, about Hogan several times. I mean, and you can listen to 400 different interviews and they all say the same thing. That, <clears throat> you know, for as much shit as Hogan takes from certain parts that he didn't mind putting anybody over, he would just, you know, okay, what next? You know, Stroke that full, full man, too, he, man. You know, he he was, you know, he was, he wanted, me, he wanted you to be, three, four steps ahead. So he knew where his next paycheck was coming from. And that's the way those old school guys got brought up. And if you couldn't answer him, 
ain't gonna work for me, brother. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like I told you before, you know, that's the, the two biggest catastrophes with creative control, you know, Hogan for one in WCW. And then Brett, you know, he had, you know, he didn't have it for his whole contract, but it was set up in his contract when he left that he had his final 30 days with the company. He had creative control to decide how he 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 got to choose how he goes out. Yeah, so he doesn't and screw his character up. Yeah, pretty much. And he, uh, you know, that the screw job was came from that. Uh, but, you know, I mean, and Sting and Brett could have had some good matches, you know, the sharpshooter versus the scorpion. I mean, it's, uh, Bret Hart's for a different day. But... Yeah, again, I mean, episode. I think, and, and I and I don't know Vince McMahon personally. I'm just shooting from what I, I wish I did. I'm I just shooting money. from what I think. I, I Sting being Sting, if he would have been Sting and in shape uh-huh. and not what they saw the production company, because I mean, you know, Vince wasn't there. He was at Raw, but Shane was there. Bruce Pritchard was there. Um, all these other guys were there to make sure that that last nitro went the, the simulcast, everything you, you are, you, you know, you know, all of them went back and gave him a report on, you know, what sting looked like, um, what this guy looked like, not just, not just picking on sting, but you know, they, they went back and told like who was the top talking. guys, who was the guy that were, you know, we didn't need them, you know, so on no, and so forth. You know, and I guarantee you at least, cause you know, from what I, what I gather, Pritchard just don't pull no punches. He don't really give a shit what you think about what he says, but I can, I can see him now just from some of the interviews I've heard going, well, that guy might've been something five years ago, but he ain't shit now. Right. And, I can see him saying it. you know, and, if Sting would have been that 97 Sting, not after the Hogan match, but the one going into the Hogan match with all that right. mystique, all that that mystery they had built up around him, the guy that was just... Ugh. Sliding off rafters and yeah, stuff, you know, cable wires and shit. Vince, Vince might, you know, Vince has been known to go to fly to people's houses to talk to them one-on-one and not just do it by phone. You know, he might have made a bigger push to get Sting but, you know, getting, you know, seeing what he saw on TV the last six months, you know, Sting did stuff between Vampiro and that flare match. And then the way, you know, like I said, cutting his hair off, not, you know, the only thing that really, to me, in my opinion, that looked similar was the damn face paint. Yeah. Um, it just didn't look like Sting. No, I mean, he just, you know, I mean, he, like I said, there was, there was, you know, some stretches there in TNA. He looked like he got in real good shape and then. You know, he he was in for for his age. He was in he was in good shape when he came in in 2016. Um, but you know, he, he like now. I mean, you know, you see him in AEW doing doing what he's been doing. You know, I don't know. I don't know if you just you know you find God, you forget the gym. I don't know how that works. Um, I'm not impressed with it. Well, I mean, but you know, he's not showing anything. It's long sleeves. It's a trench coat. It's you're not. I mean, I, I get he's sixty years old. He's not gonna look like he did in 1985. I get that. It's not what I'm saying. It's just, you know, it it it. it he's doing the. He's doing the same thing now that he's been doing since WCW closed. All and right. That's making that's making making money on his reputation, and yeah. and 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 name value, and so, you know. There's a you know shoulda coulda woulda a ton of what what ifs, but if I'm in the WWE's position in 2002, I book him the same way they did. I don't bring his ass in, and I know that might sound cold, but you know I watched all that shit, and I you know being a Sting fan, you, you didn't want to see him get murdered and well not that it's just uh, he just he was like I said a shell of himself. You didn't want to see Correct. him tarnished anymore, and it's just like it wasn't even worth it. No, because if, if he would have came in in 2002 looking the way he did 
he would have been mid card at best losing to the one, two, three kid or X Pac. No. Yep. You're right. Yeah. Now, I mean, and, okay. And he, so this is where I'm going to tell you how I would have booked him. I wasn't there for that day. I, I, like I said, I didn't start watching wrestling till 2008. And that's your fault. Thank you for that. How's it my fault? Cause I was at your house and then I see Scott Steiner shaving Petey Williams head. Yeah. And I'm like, this is interesting. And I watch it next week and I see him do the Canadian destroyer. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And now we're here. Mm. Now we're here. Pushing start. Yeah, exactly. Pushing start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I would have booked oh, shameless, plug, shameless plug, shameless <laughs> plug. So, buy the shirt. Buy the shirt. Buy the merch. Buy something. Use a promo code. I don't know. Caddy, get us a promo code. Uh, Buy that shit right now or you'll die in a death match. Glass and nails, or Vampiro will set your ass on fire and ruin your career like he did Sting. Or AEW right. will put you in an exploding ring. Right, and you no. gotta fucking <laughs> type all this shit, all of this shit. You gotta type the whole entire thing, even what I'm saying right now. And exactly. So, <laughs> so okay, so with Sting, it at the last end of WCW, he like we we've already discussed, he looked terrible. If yeah. I was Vince, if I was booking this shit, I would look at him and be like, look, dude. I'm not going to bring you in until the end of O2 and you need to be in the best shape of your life. You're not in the shape you need to be in to wrestle. I'm not going to bring you in with the invasion. The invasion's going to like, if like the invasion sucked, it was awful. One of the worst wrestling oh, yeah. gimmicks or wrestling storylines of all time. That's what he looked like. Yeah. Not, not great. You showing us the, the V, the, the V neck, the yeah. V shirt cut off. With the- <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it, it was bad. So I would just look at him and be like, look, dude, you're going to get in the best shape of your life. We're going to pay you. We're going to put you under contract. We're going to pay you, but you're going to get in shape. We'll, we'll even pay for a personal trainer, whatever, right. you know, get, get him in shape. And then I would have him debut at the 2002 survivor series. Don't ask me what the hell happened at the 2002 survivor series. Cause I don't remember. I would just want to mirror the undertaker's career and then just book him. Uh, but see, yeah, that, that's where I, I, but 2002, was he taker again or was he still the badass? I don't remember. Um, He might have been the American badass. I, did, I didn't think that now, started until 03. Um, uh, I don't remember. But that but, would probably be about the strongest times you probably book him or uh, the stinger. So I believe he might have been that. Let me fact check that. But I, I will tell you a good way they could have done, you know, well, I mean, I'll let you get back to you. I'm not trying to like step on your booking, but if he was still the badass and they wanted to, you know, bring Sting in, you know, the old stuff that Taker used to do before he became the badass, not like, not exactly the same, but the stuff that WCW did to make him look so good, the, yeah. the lightning bolts, the thunder coming down out of the rafters, which I don't know if they'd have done that after Owen Hart, but they, they could have uh, no. coming up under the rings, out from under the ring. And basically leaving, you know, leaving the badass laying. But then, you know, maybe I forgot exactly how he lost that buried alive match to Kane. At this, uh, 2000, 2003 is his badass yeah. Uh, debut. Uh, yeah, the uh, the um, the buried alive match he lost to Kane at Survivor Series and then came back as the dead man at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you, you I, re- had, I remember that. You could have had Sting help Kane. And, uh, you know put him in the coffin, put him in the hole, I should say. And then you could have had Taker versus Sting. If I think, he, why won't you just keep them separate? You know what I mean? Cause they like two different, they have the same like kind of mystique, but I feel like you saved that. Yeah. I keep going he, back to that. Cause that's, that's the, that's the only match in WWE that, that Sting wanted. That's like worth. That's like, I think that's like the, the plateau right there. Like you don't want to hit the, like that's like the stone cold and rock. 
you know, if he gets to that level of proving himself and working himself through up the mid card and so on and so forth. No, I agree. I, it's just the match everybody wanted to see. And that's where, I mean, I'm going to go with the booking of it. I mean, like I said, have him debut at the O2 Survivor Series attack taker. Since we know our, since we're 100% sure he was the American badass, I, I, I would just make the match with Kane not have happened. Um, maybe have the undertaker be in the uh, traditional Survivor Series match. Have it come down to a one-on-one match between whoever and Taker. Have Sting debut attack Taker and take him out and have that person win their Survivor Series because of Sting. I mean, you could have, you know, I I, I don't uh, remember how long it was, but I'll tell you some of the best shit that WWE's done in years, in my opinion. And I'm sure I'm probably leaving now. So the first Shawn Michaels Taker match at WrestleMania. 25. We we know how good the match was. I'm not even talking mm-hmm. about the match. The buildup for that match was fucking phenomenal, man. The you know, and you could even with with Sting's white face paint, you could have done something similar as him being the Dark Angel, um, because you know bringing Michaels out in the all white and him raising up and you know the crucifix while he's up there talking about he was going to bring the Undertaker into the light. I mean that was a, that was a great buildup, and then the match delivered. Um, that that was my problem with Stark Eight Ninety Seven. The buildup was fucking phenomenal, and then the match was just like. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, anyway, continue. I'm sorry. You're good. So have Sting attack Taker at the Survivor Series. And then for months, have Sting occasionally attack Taker. Sting, I mean, Undertaker trying to get his hand on Sting and eventually lead to the match with, he'll uh, have him get on the time trial and be like, you're not the Taker I want. Uh, and have him revert back to the Undertaker, the dead man. And I mean, like, like, the way I'm booking Sting, I'm only going to have him under a year contract. I don't want the man. I want the entity. Yeah, I don't want the I don't want the badass. I want the dead man, and have him revert to the old Undertaker, and like have, uh, let's say, what was the pay per view before? No, no, no. So January's Royal. I would have him at the Royal Rumble, attack Taker so bad that he's just out. And he doesn't come back until the night after the pay-per-view before Mania as The Undertaker. Well, I mean, if you really want to, you could, you could do that. But, you know, I mean, and I'm just playing devil's advocate with some of this stuff. Because I told you, I mean, the way he looked, I just wouldn't have brought him in either. But, uh-huh. you know, if you want to play in devil's advocate to, to build up the match with him and The Undertaker, you could revert back and, be like, like we said, put his ass in the gym, make sure his hair grows back out. But... Stick his ass back up in the rafters for a year to build up the match to right. WrestleMania. You know, to you know, he's stalking Undertaker. You know, wherever the I, Undertaker's at, Sting's in the rafters. And I think putting him with Undertaker is just a bad idea off the rip. You know, because that's it, it's, it's just so a match obvious. everybody wants to see. It yeah, that, like I said, that's just that's. But I keep it right. I hear you, and I agree it, with you. To you get know? to Taker, you need to like put yeah. him over some. I, I hear you one hundred percent. It's just. I revert back to that because that's, I mean, that's, he's, he's publicly said that, that that was the only reason he signed with WWE and, you know, the Triple H and Seth Rollins match were just kind of thrown at him. And yeah. And the tag match was Cena against Big Show and whoever. Yeah, it was just the only match he wanted was Taker. Right. Um, right. And I, and I get that. You know what I mean? But it's just like working the time between that and, Okay, one of the most important transformations because The Undertaker and Sting just so happen to be my favorite two wrestlers of all time. So 
the most important transformation for the Undertaker is when he got buried alive from Kane. That is when he came up with the amalgamation of his American badass style and the actual Taker style. When he came out with his, you know what I'm saying, his training gloves, MMA gloves. He came out with the, the whole fusion of the gimmick, you know. And that's when he probably put on his some of his best wrestling matches. Like, just oh, him being a more solid character. So, I don't, like, you have to allow that transformation happen. And in the character of Sting, Sting wasn't like a, like, I feel like you should follow the character's suit to how it is. Like, Sting is an anti-hero. Sting is a anti-authoritarian figure. You know what I mean? And just him facing off against ev- evolution and whatever is going on and Undertaker going through whatever he's going through, keep them characters separate until it's time for, just like the Rock and Stone Cold, they had their own separate things going on. But on the side, Tiff, you knew that eventually they was coming together to clash because what's the ultimate goal? They want the WWF or E championship at the time, whatever. So... You got to let them build up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I j- just, just because, just like the one guy, remember the one guy, that white priest dude? He was, there was a holy angel dude. He oh, was the no, opposite yeah. of Undertaker. Malachi. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. You pair somebody like that. His, you know uh, what I mean? It was uh, Kevin Thorne was his name. Right, right, right. You pair somebody like, sure, he was good. He was probably a good sound wrestler. His gimmick was probably okay at first. But you putting a lot on this character. Like, The Undertaker didn't become The Undertaker just out of, like, nowhere. You had to build up a lot of energy just for him to even be a solidified supernatural force. You know I what I mean? I don't know, man. If you go back and watch his debut, they uh, his his debut was pretty ominous. Well, yeah, no, I get he that. Had, he had little kids crying in the front row when he came out. Jesus Christ. Of course. But, I mean, but... but but Sting, you know what I mean? The Crow Sting, you know, his debut was I'm standing in rafters, sliding down on, you know what I mean? You like you have to let the energy build up for these characters to be who they are. You know what I mean? Because sure, there was the American badass. But like I said, if it wasn't for like the Kane booking to put his brother under the ground, bring back that supernatural iconic for I don't think that Sting could have brought that out of him like Kane could have. Because if you look at the bookings between Kane and the Undertaker between that time and just like oh, what no, was Glenn, Glenn Jacobs could go. I mean, he always yeah. could, but it was more like the storytelling of it. You know what I'm oh, saying? No, that like, was that was probably as the as long as they did that. And I, you know, Glenn Jacobs said on his Hall of Fame speech that he thought Kane and the Undertaker was the greatest story WWE ever told. And right, right. I mean, I I, I can't argue with him. Like no, it's, it, it's the storytelling element, and once they get past that, you know what I mean? Like. Now the now that entity is out there. You know what I mean? No, and, and now and, and going going back to two thousand two, no, I agree with you. You can't bring him right in against Taker, but uh, you know, in twenty sixteen, with with him being as old as he is and that being oh, yeah, the match and sure. that being the match he wanted and the way they debuted him with the video game, I think they could have gave him yeah. that match. Oh, for sure. That should have yeah, taken over. the place of the triple H match. But you know, you never hear anybody say anything bad about the Undertaker. But I have to sit back and wonder in 2016 if he if he didn't say, you know, Vince, just, no, I'm not interested. You know, I this this you know, ten years ago, yeah, it would have been great. But now I'm just, right. you know, I'm not interested. And, and nobody's ever said Taker said that, but I can guarantee you, Taker's been around long enough and has enough respect to where if he'd have said Vince, I want Sting, he'd have got it. 
That's true. Vince is, well, I mean, Taker's Vince's boy. Like him and Michaels both during the Monday Night Wars, they never left. So like basically anything they wanted, they got. So I, I mean, I could completely see that. But um, no, Kenny, I'm hearing you. You're saying you're not against the match. You're, it no, just no, has I'm, to be the right story, right? That like if it was older, like in 2016, of course, just give it to him. You know, just give it to them both. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but back then, if he was willing to work for it, because I definitely agree with what you're saying. Like he wasn't in shape. He was coming off a trash two two part storyline with the NWO and then the final, you know, explosion match with Ric Flair to end up be all. But get him back in there, you know, build that mysteriousness up, skip the whole invasion angle. You didn't see Sting, but you're wondering where is he at? You know, he's in WCW. So where would he be at? You know, build up your evolution. You know, they can still be as great as they were. You know what I'm saying? Or as they were doing. But. Just introduce him as that reoccurring character to stop. There's plenty of characters at the time too in 2002. Well, no, like I said, I agree with you there. That's a great idea. That would that would have been a great idea, a great way to bring him in because Flair is the tie. Yeah, yeah. Flair ties that together. Why he would be against them? No, it'd be a great story. And I mean, that's something I would. I I didn't think about that. I would actually like to have seen because all these factions with their years run together with me. So I'm not, you know, I I didn't think about that either. It's just like I said. I told you my main thing is. You know, him, him being in shape. Yeah, I mean, I just, I he just I, as much as I like Sting, and is like if you if you go back and I mean, if you want to watch a decent match, I mean, and you know, watching it now, you you'll know a little bit more of what to watch for. But you know, you can see Flair giving him huge. You can see Flair taking these bumps for him and making him, you know, making you know Sting and you know, probably been in the business three or four years by then. But he's still green, and he's still a muscle head. You know, like the Road Warriors were. But, you know, Flair went out there and, and made him look like he could wrestle. Yeah. And, you know, put him he put him on the map. I mean, you know, Sting didn't win the title. He had him in the Scorpion. And uh, no, 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 ding, 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 time limit draw, 45 minutes. Mm. I mean, great, great, you know, you used to see a lot of that back in the day because, like I told you before, that was the champion's, that was the champion's job back then was to, to make these guys look like they should be world champion. Um, but, no, I mean – you know, there's there's a lot of different things you could have done, but uh, you know, it, it all, in my opinion, goes back to what he was willing to do, and uh, what he was willing to work for and fight for, and right. Um, you know, I, he had a gravy TNA deal. He worked three days a month for five hundred grand a year. Yeah, I need Good that. Money. I need that job. Same AEW, TNA, <laughs> New Japan. I need that job right now. Ring of Honor. I mean, you I know, don't care. I'll I'll work. I'll I'll work. I work, I swear. I mean, that TNA deal he had, you know, he had to show up for TV and they, they did a taping every two weeks, mm-hmm. you know, so they'd tape the two weeks, they'd come back and they, they did it like Raw used to do. One, one would be live and they'd tape the one behind it. Um, Sting would have to show up for TV, you know, twice a month and then the pay-per-view um, for 500 grand a year. Uh, you know, that was one of the, re- um, you know, Flair's actually talked about it and said that, you know, when Sting's contract came up a couple of times, that he, you know, Vince had offered him offered him a job to come over there, and he thought about it because that's where Warrior was, and you know, he was wondering, you know, and Flair's thing he goes, he goes, if you see what he, he saw what he did, the Ultimate Warrior, imagine what he could have done with Sting because Sting could work, All um, right? But you know, they WWE was also on the road three hundred days a year, and he didn't, and he didn't want to do it. Um, I can't blame him. So that was always the reason, you know, he never stayed. And, you know, going back to the invasion angle. You know, Bischoff's talked about it. He said, you know, he goes, I'm not saying anything people hadn't said before. He goes, they offered me a job. They wanted me to come in. 
He goes, but I wasn't, he goes, I worked my ass off building what we built in those 83 weeks in a row to, to beat them. He goes, I wasn't going to come in without Goldberg, without Hall, without Nash, without Rick, without staying and weed a watered down version of WCW just to get slaughtered by the WWE. He goes, I'm not mad at Vince Ford. He goes, if we'd have bought WWE, I'd have done the same thing. He goes, I'd have made them look like crap. He goes, he goes, if I'd have got, he goes, if I, as WCW would have bought WWE, he goes, I'd have had Ray Mysterio out there beating Steve Austin in two months. <laughs> he said, you know, that's what you do. You know, you yeah. killed your competition. He said, I don't know. He goes, I just told him no things. And so. then he came in as general manager, which is fine. I mean, I completely right. understand it. It makes more sense that way. But, yeah. Well, any, anything else to add there? Nope. I, I would just lead to that match at Mania with Taker and Sting, but that's my thing. Um, it would have definitely been a dream match, but, you know, on the flip side of it, in 2016, both of them had slowed down enough to where they could both still go. Yeah. But they still needed a dance partner. And so in 2016, yeah, if they both wanted the match, yeah, give it to them. But at the end of the day, I'm kind of, you know, it's kind of maybe it's good they didn't because you don't, you know, everybody, it underdelivered. everybody's wanted to right. see that match since Sting's Crow character in 97. And, you know, instead of everybody still sitting around going, what if they, they could have been going, we waited that long for that. I mean, so maybe, you know. Smarter people than us doing this sometimes, I guess. I guess. I mean, we're pretty smart. So if anybody hiring, we got y'all. We can definitely yeah, throw some ideas we, at you. You see, we just came up with that crazy idea with all this stuff going on right now, you know. So I, I don't know. But I understand what you mean because Sting as a character, his whole career has been carried over just by an iconic status of just his reputation alone. And that's pretty much the only reason why. Matter of fact, The Undertaker is my first favorite wrestler. But by default, you know, me watching WCW, finding a character I can identify with or, you know, that's close to my favorite wrestler, it would be him. But he didn't really have the technical skill like the like he was a big man, but worked like a high flyer at the same time, you know, and can throw you across the ring at the same time. Like he wasn't his 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 force wasn't imposing. His like will wasn't intimidating, like even as Taker as American badass, you know what I mean? He still could ride down the goddamn ramp with the goddamn motorcycle and be like, you did now. And you believe that shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he, was, <laughs> he was he was definitely believable. Um, right. You know, Chris, Christian knows this, but the, uh, you know, Flair was my favorite before then. But, you know, he bought me a beer mm -hmm. and a shot at the uh, Marriott here in Richmond one day, one night. So that, that solidified it for me. Hmm. I mean, Flair is a, is a grand man in general, you know. So I don't doubt that him being one of your favorites is – Accoladed to nothing lesser. <laughs> but anything else, Caddy, to add on it? Ah, uh, I mean, damn, I wish Sting would have did more. Because uh, the reason why, too, I, I, I would like really wanted to take this and talk about it with you guys is because I realized that even just rewatching some of his matches, rewatching his uh, WCW NWO type, you know, ish. Uh, like then his TNA stuff, I just realized that his career was kind of lackluster, you know. And yeah, to to when you started saying like the way he was working in his last two matches and how he was sluggish and was out of shape, and I could attest to the same thing. Like if you don't work in this business, you know, you got to work hard for it because you only got this far based off of your character's reputation. And you didn't put in no moves. You didn't put in no, like the first time that I ever seen, I think, uh, the Undertaker versus somebody was, I believe, 
was was it a was it a ladder? No, it wasn't a ladder match. I don't know. I know it wasn't against Shawn Michaels either. I think it was against it was against Kane, but I was a child, you know. And he ripped over in the cage door. I think it was Hell in a no, Cell. Oh yeah, Hell in a Cell when uh yeah when yeah. Kane debuted. Yeah, that was, that was Kane's debut. Yeah, that was like my like I was getting into Undertaker, you know, because I seen a couple of tapes while I was at the YMCA, you know, old school WrestleManias and old school wrestling events. But Undertaker just stuck out, but. I'm, I, I convinced my dad to be like, oh, yeah, you know, I want this uh, pay-per-view so I can watch this big dude, this big dude choke slamming everybody through yeah. tables and God knows whatever, just on, he just in, an imposing force. Like, just to chime he, in on that real quick, this, this is what these old school guys talk about. When there's a way to lose without tarnishing your character. Right. And... That that match, that's a perfect example because, yeah, Shawn Michaels pinned The Undertaker, okay, in the first ever Hell in a Cell match. Mm. And now people will talk about it because they go back, you know, but anytime they talk about that match, it's not the fact that The Undertaker lost. It was Kane debuted. Nobody, it didn't matter one way or the other whether he won or lost, but what it did was it kept the title on Michaels, allowed him to move on to whoever the hell he went to next. And then mm-hmm. Kane and the Undertaker storyline began. Yeah, they got and, their right. program. And nobody, nobody ever, you know, Razor Ramon, questioned one, it. Razor Ramon and the one, two, three kid. Oh my God, he pinned you. You never heard it. Like when those guys lost, they made it mean something. And it was, it was a transition and it wasn't of just, oh my God, he got beat by that guy. You know, it wasn't a, you know, God, look how small Michaels is. And he pinned the Undertaker. None of that ever, none, none of that was ever said. It's like those guys tell you, and that's that's the that's like I said that's that's my biggest problem with not only not only AEW but WWE as well. They're they don't make you no look strong storytelling, right? And, I was just saying that to my man, other Christian that I work and, with, and it's like with Kenny Omega, for example. I mean, he could if if he wanted to come out every week in that suit and tie and be a world champion. He could probably get a little, little yeah, get a little bit more over with me, but I mean, this dumbass comes out one week in a suit. He comes out one week in women's zebra stretch pants, looking like a complete fucking douchebag. Um, you know, there's no cons- tell me how you really feel. There's no consistency there. I mean, right. you know, and, and like the, these guys that that got over and are looked at as icons and legends and you know greatest world champions of all time. You know, I mean, Flair will tell you, he said in interviews, you know, he said St- Sting laughed at him one day. He's like, you know, because he goes, what are we going to do tonight? He's like, press slam. He's like, damn, Rick, we do that every night. He goes, yeah, and they cry. They cheer every night. It's a different town, dumbass. Let's go do it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and he's like, damn, he's right. <laughs> you know, consistency. It's like, there's just no, you know, these losses, these wins and losses, you know, that AEW said was going to mean something. They don't. They're, they're just, they, they do it too quick. It's hot shot booking. And I'm going to keep reiterating the same thing until they change my mind. The best goddamn thing on TV right now is fucking Roman Reigns. You I know what? I, I agree with that. I acknowledge I you, that. sir. Didn't think you'd say that three years ago. No, I didn't. I hated him three years ago. And you know what? I, I agree with you because I was just talking to uh, my uh, my business partner, uh, the other Christian, about like why. It's not like I don't like AEW. It's just like they don't have any good storytelling, I don't think. And then he was suggest, and I said, I really can't get behind a wrestler 
within there. Like, sure, I like Kenny Omega. Um, back when we was doing like WWE 2K stuff, you know what I'm saying? His gimmick where he was all the the crazy champion, the bad guy. I had a bad guy ink storyline and stuff like that where we took a creative Kenny Kenny Omega wrestler and I basically won all the chips for my friends and stuff like that when we fought for him. But if he was going to do that, he should have been like a big Yakuza boss. Like you said, suit and tie. Like he came here to do big business. You know what I'm saying? You know, like his shoes were from Prada. He was a true heel, you know, like something like that. Not just like this. I don't know what character he's trying to be or what's going on, but I, I like it. But then my he said, why don't you get behind Darby Allen? I said, I don't like him. You know Too what small. I mean? He's too small and well, too. I'm gonna, frail, I'm gonna give too. you give you a difference in the two of them right now. And I'll give I told you, I'll give Kenny his due with Jungle Boy. He went out there as an as an old school champion and did with Jungle Boy what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Kenny Kenny went over, Jungle Boy got over. That, that's that's right. what the that's what the old school champion should do. But WWE has done such a good job, and God damn, I didn't think I'd ever say that again for a while. But they have done such a good job, great job, of booking Roman Reigns. I mean, who who on the roster do you think is actually has a chance of beating him? I mean, you're going to take this match at uh, Money in the Bank coming up with Edge, and okay, yeah, Edge didn't get his one on one. Dumbass, he beat two of you. You ain't gonna beat him by yourself. Yeah, he uh, pinned both of you. So it's like, the, if he had right. just pinned Daniel Bryan, I would be like, okay, exactly. But he pinned both right. of them, so it's like, I mean, they have put him over dude. and put him on this pedestal so much that the only believable threat. In, in my opinion, would either be a champion versus look, first you got to build up Bobby because you just let Bobby lay down as Xavier Woods, and I rolled my eyes with that. But I didn't like that shit either, bro. Build Speak Bobby back that up. Shit too. You know, let, let him start running through people if you want to do the you know uh, Clash of Champions or Survivor Series, you know Battle of the Champions, or bring Brock back and let him run through a few people, and then you know as the MMA fighter, the badass, because nobody ever remembers when Lesnar loses unless they bring it up. You know, he's still credible. But he lost to Drew. That's the only thing. Okay, and but that's that yeah. was the other. But but the thing about I think Drew is the is another guy who can take that off of him. But and, I mean, they have done such a good job putting him on this pedestal. They're going to have, in my opinion, they're going to have a hard time taking that belt off of him because there's just nobody on his level. It's the only two people I can really think that can really take it off of him is. Seth. Seth is doing his own thing, so I don't even think he'll the Friday even, Night Messiah. I, I think that he'll just be more like a, more like a he'll face Roman Reigns, but just to put him over because he's already been a Universal Champion, so on and so forth. But I think the two people that can actually take that from him is Drew McIntyre, because he can have another you know run where he comes over from the trade of SmackDown and Raw. You know what I mean? He's never been a Universal Champion. He actually had a really good run being the regular WWE heavyweight champions. So let him do that now, you know, and they already have a a continuity within feuding because technically Roman Reigns didn't really beat Drew. He like distracted him and, you know, within what was it like, uh, you know, Survivor Series. Yeah, it was a Survivor Series match. Champion versus champion. Right, right. And the only other person I can really say that can take the title off of Drew and there wouldn't really be a real problem with it is The Fiend. It's always be The Fiend. You got to build The just, Fiend back up after well, losing to Randy Orton. Well, they got to do yeah. the same thing with Drew because Drew's done lost like 85 matches in a row to Bobby Lashley. I yeah. think, I, But that's only, I think it's only because 
See, my working theory was is that the only reason why they're doing this is to show that, like, you become so obsessed with this championship that, yes, you have what it takes, but you can be your own worst enemy. So maybe it will be time for you to take that energy and switch it over here, which is why I thought it would be great where, as opposed to, yeah, they signed a contract for, you know, um, Bobby Lashley and him to have that final face-off. There would be a distraction finish or whatever, you know, so you screw Drew over. He can't do it again. So what's his other options? When the trade or draft happens or if money in the bank happens. Yeah, he's in the money in the bank match, so we might might get to see it. But, I mean, Roman and the family's doing so well. I don't even think you can take that off of him. Right, right. Yeah, it's like like whoever's going to cash in, like – like, who do you cash in on? Because, I mean, I didn't see what happened Monday. I know MVP and Bobby got into it, but, like. Xavier, he he, he basically beat the shit out of Xavier the whole match, mm. got mm. cocky, and then went to pick him up, and Xavier rolled him up and got the three count. Surprise, um, though. Surprise, but, one, two, three. But, yeah, Roman Roman and the family's doing so well, man. They went out and partied the other night. Roman and Jay got a car. Jimmy didn't get the memo. All right. That's fair. And, and then on top of that, I want them to be tag team champions alongside with Roman Reigns being well. That's, that's kind of the smart ass remark I just made because Jimmy getting that getting his like fifth DUI. So I don't know where they're going to go with that. Yeah, apparently a lot of people high, and higher up are pissed, but apparently Rock made the save. Was like, yeah, he's good. He's good. Well, yeah, I mean, and that, that could be. But the last time, the last time he got a DUI, I don't know if you remember, he wasn't hurt. He was off TV six months. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, I remember that. I actually do remember that. So. Yeah, I mean that that's some shit they would do. But um I guess we could talk about Roman Reigns and how we'd book him in another episode, maybe a year out, but like how we'd book Roman Reigns over the next year until WrestleMania. But I mean, as far as Taker and Sting and Sting versus Taker and Sting coming to WWE, <laughs> whatever. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I would have um, liked to seen the ninety seven Sting before the Hogan match against Taker. After that, nah, I, the, my interest was lost, to be honest with you. Okay. Right. I mean, like the only reason I kept going back to it was because that's just the one thing that Sting said he always wanted. But I'm telling you, I don't think Taker was interested because if you know Taker's got enough pull, if he'd have wanted the match, he'd have got it. Period. That's true. Right. So, but anyway, anything else to add there? I don't have anything else to add. Caddy, what about you? Um, you can't start anything without push and start, or whatever the fuck you guys talk about. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, for good old JC <laughs> sitting next to me and our special Jesus guest, Christ. that too. Take your hair down. Caddy, we appreciate you joining us. I love you guys. It's always, and, uh, been, it's always be a pleasure. And as far as Sting goes, that's how we'd book it.